Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. It's not another Buffalo podcast. The bi-weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal. With John. All you people out there who are like, these idiots don't know anything. First of all, you're right. And second of all, Pat. I didn't think that the Vikings would get a W last week being 6-1, and one, which was also Josh Allen's coin flip record from the year 2021. And Rando. We have this trust built on, you know, whatever it is, like Bibles and gold bricks and whatever Brandon Bean's drinking over there. On Buffalo Rumbles. Brandon, are you drinking some squirt? No, it's the new stuff. It's called Starry. Starry. It's what they replaced Sierra Mist with. Sierra Mist is gone? Yeah. You can't get Sierra Mist anymore? No, to compete with Sprite because Sprite dominates. This is Pepsi's alternative and they gave it to us at the Bills game. So I took like nine cans for free. Does it taste exactly like Sierra Mist? Yeah. Well, at least you got something good to take home with you after that. uh... And then have Joe Burrow mock us for buying tickets in Atlanta. Get to take that home with us. All right. We're good. All right. I don't even want to roll off with the usual moniker. It's weird, but all right, boys, here we are day after. So pain is still fresh with this episode coming out Wednesday. Hopefully it dissipates by then. How are we feeling? Is this first off better or worse than last year? So much better. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd rather lose like we did today than last year. Well, and I feel like this team wasn't nearly as talented as as last year's team anyway. So it always kind of felt like we were walking on like... You know what I mean? We were overachieving the, the entire season anyways. I'd rather have I'd rather have the band-aid ripped off immediately than death by a thousand splinters. So, you know. So welcome to another playoff loss podcast. I was, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> another early not, exit. N- not another bad loss podcast. A year ago, I was in the airport doing this with you guys. Oh, yep. that's worse. You had to travel home after that. That's, oh, yeah. And honestly, the, like the only thing that, that, that may have been more painful about this one was the fact that we had tickets to Atlanta. <laughs> Yes. And we were so excited about that. That was going to be a blast. We were probably going to do a show from Atlanta. Yeah. All that good stuff. Eat ribs. And enjoy some food. Good company. Good times. You know. Yeah, we were all looking. I mean, it was still a couple games off, but every year we kind of visualize, okay, what's it going to look like at our Super Bowl party? You know? We are should we gonna, have done it. We talked we, about it too much, no, man. We we can't ever again. Never again can we... You know, what, what does Andre 3000 say? You can plan a pretty picnic, but you can't predict the weather, right? You know? Right. So, I like that. Yeah. And I, I, cool. thought that, I thought that this was my jinx, too, because previously, for the last two years, COVID and travel stuff, I haven't been able to make it home for Christmas for like 2020 and 2021, those seasons. Alternative to that, so I can see my parents and my family, I'm like, I'll book a flight in February when it's much cheaper, you know, a lot less people traveling. And so I was home for the Super Bowl the past two years. And the third reason was, you know, mostly because if the Bills are in the Super Bowl, my ass needs to be in Buffalo, you know, to watch with you guys, to be around my family, to be in Buffalo 
when the the parade happens and stuff like that. So this year I did not book those flights. I wasn't going to book them until they were in the Super Bowl, you know, not to jinx it, even though you're buying a flight, you know, the week before. So that wasn't it. But, you know, it hurts when that, you know, something that feels so close and you've been waiting for your entire life, you get so close and, you know, we're back at the bottom of the mountain where we, where we were at the beginning of the season, where we were at the beginning of the last two seasons. And I think that, this loss made 13 seconds hurt a lot worse too, because even though we lost in the same round of the playoffs, it felt like we were much closer last year. I don't know if we had the horses to win the Super Bowl this year. We needed a string of miraculous games. It just, it was not close to good enough. And it wasn't just one thing. It wasn't one mistake. It wasn't one side of the ball. It was all around. They got beat up in the trenches. The offensive line looked the worst it has all year. I remember when we were doing preseason, we had an episode where we talked about what are you worried about? If one thing holds back this team, what is it going to be? Brandon's answer was coaching. And I think that you can chalk some up to that. They got out coached in this game. They That's the whole the whole thing. My answer thought, was offensive line. Also and seeing real. some replays today reinforce that. I mean, I just I watched the play where Roger Saffold like literally got one hand on a defensive tackle that was lined up right in front of him. He just swim moved him and went right by him. And Roger Saffold didn't even run after him, you know? And I'm not, I'm not saying effort wasn't there or anything like that, but they just got dominated. Josh was running around, you know, and Josh didn't play that great either. You can say, but his offense, he had no time to throw whatsoever on most plays. Either defensive line also couldn't get pressure on a beat up offensive line. So I'm glad, I'm glad Diggs did what he did after the game. Because, I mean, if you're even listening to the guys, and I think they said this, maybe Sal, maybe Mike Shope on WGR, but they said that it felt like they had lost a game in October versus their season ending right now with the intensity of the conversations, the things that were said in the locker room, the vibe in there. And finally, Steph Diggs is like, I'm out. Like, I'm out of here. Like, I'm done with this. I don't tolerate this. Don't tolerate this losing. We're better than this. This is the third year in a row. What's going on? And, you know, he was pissed and somebody should be pissed about this. They should all be. I don't I didn't like any part of the game yesterday from kickoff to kneel down, right? To kick off to the last fourth down failure. Nothing was good. There was not a single good moment to call from that game. Yeah. I mean, fourth down decisions, just some just some cowardly punts start having flashbacks to the AFC championship a couple of years ago. And I'm not even saying that would have made the difference. You know, I don't know. They were on the plus side of the 50. They were down by a touchdown or a touchdown and a field goal at one point in like the second quarter. And it was first and 10. And they ended up punting on that drive because they just got penalties that went backwards. Um, I believe they finished. This was the last Bills possession before halftime. They got it down to the Buffalo 41, which is where they punted from. But they had a holding penalty that brought back a first down, maybe. Um, and then on fourth and two, instead of trying the 58-yard field goal or running your quarterback or anything else with, I think I want to say, a minute 14 to go or 58 seconds to go or something with two timeouts going the other direction, they punted punted it away and gave enough time for Joe Burrow to get an end zone shot in, right? Yep. Those bad top clock management and... You could just feel it if they didn't get anything on that possession before half because you know you're double dipping. So you could be down 17 7, but that's you could be down 10 17, you could be down 14 17, 
especially with the way, you know, the Bills hurry up offense can run. But that was, again, part of it. It's not just that. I want to say the one of the third downs, again, on the plus side of the field, maybe near the 50. Allen had a lot of space in front of him to run it, and he didn't. And he took a shot at the end zone for digs on an outbreaking route. Maybe he had a 40-yard out to the sideline, and he missed, and they had to punt again. But you have a you got a race car. Why are you not running them at all? Nothing. How many times did Brian Dable call QB powers in that chiefs game when they needed to drive those last entire fourth quarter? If it wasn't in Josh's hands, it, it was some like, it was a touchdown to Gabe Davis. The offense for being so what we think of as talented. And it, it's just so one dimensional at this point. There's no, there's no developing James cook in the passing game. He had, What's the stat? How many games? He only had like three more targets than games played this year. So he's averaging just over a time. said 13 touches, touches in total 11 touches games. in 11 games, yeah. which is, you know, of course he had the touchdowns um, that made a difference against the Patriots, but you just, it does make you wonder if everyone's on the same page with usage. And also that's, that's also Josh too. Cause Josh is the final decision maker out there. You know, all those routes might be available at all given times. And Josh is just not a check down guy, you know, to a fault. And I think the best version of Josh that we ever saw was the guy who would take the check downs and make you really keep coming at him and, and closer to the line of scrimmage until he threw it over, threw it over the top. Now it's like he's trying to throw it over the top every single play. And sometimes it works out. We get that highlight, you know, last week to Davis in the end zone where he, he toe taps. We had the sideline toe tap um, this game too. And so you get those plays every once in a while, but you know, you've got the third and two on the minus side of the field where he's lobbing it to Davis and it makes it into his hands, but the DB makes a good play. And, you know, I'm wondering, like you said, Brandon, why, why are we not running a QB power there or something that's going to get two yards and a first down rather than taking a deep shot on third and two and then punting, you know? If you were going to go for it after that, sure. And then take your your positive play. But so it's funny because these criticisms and Pat, I want to hear what you think about this, because on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side of the ball, the offense is different than last year. We see that in checkdowns. You see it in depth of target. You see it in drops from Davis. I saw Davis only had like 10 more catches on 50 more targets. He finished like 96 98 targets, 62 receptions. And last year he went like 40 receptions for 60 targets or something like that. But then you look at the other side of the ball and you can be just as mad. And you look at the philosophy that got you beat in 13 seconds where you're not pressing on the line, right? You're not taking away the space of the best players. And you see the same flaws from the concepts that you use all season long that you did not make an adjustment to. And you had a blueprint the week before where the Ravens really shut down Burrow to held him to 24 points, held him to less than that, held him to 17 points because of the defensive turnover. They had their Teron Johnson moment where they run the fumble back 100 yards, right? And they didn't use an ounce of that game plan, that that blueprint that the Ravens put together of the the cornerback press packages, the disguises and coverages, and that I thought really... It's like, because you have a defensive-minded head coach. You're, you have the only defensive-minded head coach in the playoffs that's left. He needs to do something to make his spot worthy to be with these other coaches. 
Because you see it in Atlanta. They kept Dan Quinn. They let Kyle Shanahan go to the Niners. Two seasons later, Matt Ryan's out of a job. Dan Quinn's fired. Shanahan's running a Super Bowl contender team. Did we do the same thing with Dable? I don't think so. But something needs to change because now, not only did your offense look bad, but your defense got shattered. So, Pat, what, what, which side of the ball were you more mad at? Well, I, I did feel like that was some of the like softest zone I've ever seen. And like, it was just crazy the, the amount of shit they were getting over the middle. And then also, like, it was just interesting because I, I felt like Joe Burrow was totally fine with, you know, taking some swing passes, you know, out of the backfield and stuff. And I just felt like they ran the ball super well, even though like yards per carry won't necessarily indicate how bad of an ass whooping. So, like, I don't know. Number one, I wish our bad offensive line was as good as the Bengals' bad offensive line is but yeah. number two no I, I did feel like defensively I, I don't like that I, it is very you know that I, I do get thinking about 13 seconds with all that soft zone and like you know I, I can only tell you what a linebacker on the weak side of Oakfield Alabama high school would do in cover two versus cover three really I don't know it's just frustrating watching defensive backs play like seven yards off the ball and then also I just felt like our run defense was was I don't know subpar and one sack one sack on a play that Really, I don't even think it mattered. I think they had a first down like the play after. So it's kind of disheartening. But I think Josh Allen is also Stanley Steamer, carpet cleaner, but we can get into that at a later date. <laughs> he is. He is. He covers up for so many mistakes, but I just go right back to coaching. And I don't want to say that because I was saying that for the beginning of the season, but it's coaching and management because when you look at the the draft picks, what I just saw somewhere that we haven't had a Pro Bowl drafted in the last four seasons. You were too scared to play your first round pick for a lot of the season. You you never find. But you see why? <laughs> yeah, you saw well, I said that yesterday. too. Skylar Thompson's balls were a lot different than Joe Burrow's, right? Joe Burrow throws different different way than Skylar Thompson. Oh, in, you were talking the about football. the football. football. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it applies but, to both. Maybe I don't know, <laughs> but uh, it looked like we never found what we wanted to do best. We never found an identity. It was either chuck it up and then we'd change to the run game more. And then the the passing game just looked labored. It wasn't a West Coast offense like we had seen prior. I always think of that first game against the Jets, 2019. Josh comes out, throws it 15 times in a row. They're all quick slants. They're all quick outs. They're screens. Did you see a single? How many screens did we throw? Have we ever? Well, I've never seen a team throw less I don't screen really, passes. I don't think really we're, this we're, season. But the screens are like the Achilles heel of both the Bills offense and their defense. Like they stink at setting up screens on offense and they are really bad. At get, it's like an Achilles heel for them on defense. It feels like, especially against the chiefs, you know, okay, how you can't years, watch so. these other games. If you're watching game film, Trevor Lawrence might've had eight or nine completions to his running backs on the, the R one for any Madden play ever where the halfback. Yeah. That's like out. my favorite. Yes. Yeah. Joe and Burrow then, was taking it. He was taking it all game, man. And we don't take that. And not only that, but it's like, just co- do commit to something. You have a pass heavy offense, but it's not efficient. Like it was once before. And they finally got Beasley involved. His catches were nice. He, he found some space, but, but like Cole Beasley shouldn't even have to be involved. He shouldn't like, have to, he shouldn't even have to be on the team. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's like so disheartened. That's why last year's team was so much better than this year's team. Because like if you have to have Cole Beasley coming out of retirement, if you have to have John Brown attempt to be a major contributor and the guy with the second most catches on your team is a rookie from Boise State University, like I'm just saying, like, it, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just they disheartening. Could use, they could use a first round wide receiver, but they well, could but use a first they could, round. But they could also use it a first round, like left tackle Linebacker or something. Exactly. There's, there's a lot of holes to fill coming up. 
this this offseason. And I think that's Jordan Poyer's last game as a Bill as well. I, I don't know if Micah Hyde is going to ever come back and play for us. Like this team's. And I they mean, said when he you're going to play next week, they said he would. Yeah, that's why Jamison Crowder said the same. Shit. I feel like that's easy to say. Like when you when the week doesn't actually involve you having to play in it. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just defensive back wise, we're very thin. Like linebacker wise, I don't. That might be Tremaine Edmonds' last game as a Buffalo Bill. Yeah, like, who knows? See, I was just talking about this. Pat, Let him walk, I'm, dude. I'm honestly, I don't up. even care. Yeah. Let him walk. Let him walk. <laughs> well, Let him walk. This is what what makes this year and last year so different. Is you were the better team last year. You beat the Chiefs. The coaches lost. You beat them. Game's over. You you outperformed them and they won still. And that's not the guys. That was not the the players' fault. That was decision scheme and they lost that game. But they had the better team. Most people would say, you know, it could have been a coin flip, but they won the game. 13 seconds to go. And you added to it. You progressed your young players another year. You were trying to get healthy. And that's why this team this year was such a such a high bar was set from them for the beginning. It's like you come off the perfect game ever played against new England and you play one of the greatest games of all time in Kansas city and you lose on epic proportion. And then you add one of the best defensive ends of all time. And you add Jamison Crowder and you have Steph Diggs still and you draft James cook. And now this year, like last year, we didn't have to plug any holes. You just added on. And this year, we're losing players that we will not be able to replace with assets that are questionable at best. The 27 tied up in pick. other players that haven't delivered. Yes. And, and now you, you got to make a decision, right? Do you bring somebody like Boogie back? Do you bring AJ back? Do you bring. Well, Boogie's only on the third year of his contract. I yeah, mean, but he's probably, you know, making, he's probably it, making nickels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, and, he's on a rookie contract. He'll still be here, but yeah, AJ AJ Epines is a better example because he's. What do you change along. up in the room? Do you change up often? Like, you, how do you get better? What is I, the, they sure they sure shit can't pick at that position, dude? I feel like they every year it's a first or a second rounder in the defensive line, and it just I mean it's hard to say though. I feel like it's hard to pick those players, and unless you're like one of the Bosa brothers or something, or even Von Miller was like a top three pick, like that position is so difficult to pick someone who's elite. Like those guys don't just like come out of the woodwork, you know? Yeah. So or you pay like Bradley Chubb, you trade the first round pick and the third round pick and pay him $30 million. Uh, you think Von, you think Von Miller plays with us next year? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's yeah. back. Why do people keep asking that? Somebody asked me that earlier. Well, I mean, I, 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 that's like, pretty, that, that was a pretty shitty way he's, to end your season. Yeah. You I know? mean, he's already had a press conference where, you know, he's, you know, he's talking about Rochester next year already. He's he's excited for that. Uh, one of his comments play. was something about he's like, you know, of course the window's still open. You know, I, I came here for multiple attempts at a Super Bowl, not just one. You know, so I, that's encouraging. Well, let me ask you guys. You know, because a lot of people have been saying, okay, Josh's cap hit goes up through the ceiling next year. You know, we've obviously got all these contracts up for marquee pieces in this offense and defense, whether it be Tremaine Edmonds, you know, whether it be Jordan Poyer, who has not been extended and probably won't be back. Do you think the window is, is closed? Is it closing or like, like what are your, what are your thoughts on that? It won't be closed as long as Josh Allen's under center dog. Like, I mean, 
Like there's so many, there's so I many agree. different changes, changes of guards. Tom Brady's gone through so many changes of guards. Aaron Rodgers gone through so many changes of guards. Like he's Patrick like Mahomes still playing went through a change of guard. He did. And that, that defense, that chief's defense, there's only like three or four guys that start left from that team. I mean, you're talking about, you're missing guys like Dan Sorensen's not there. Traveris Ward's not there. You know, there's just a bunch of guys other than like Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Like there's, there's been a lot of moving pieces on, on defense and obviously on offense too. And like, I wouldn't even, I don't think Juju Smith Schuster is a world beater. Or I don't think Terry's Tony is like Justin Jefferson level or something, but like they're enough to mix in with Travis Kelsey. And what's the guy's name? Pacheco. I mean, you got that guy's Isaiah a seventh Pacheco. round pick. Sounds like yeah. a wine. He's pretty nice with it. I just, I, I don't know. Personnel wise. I, Cause Andy Reed, I mean, Pat Mahomes makes more money than Josh Allen does, even though it's marginally like very, very slim. No, it's enough though. It's like 5 million. It's, it's enough. And they, they find ways to bring guys in there that, you know, still produce and and still Pat's not getting sacked at a historic rate or anything. So it's like, yeah, you know, I don't know. And it's, it can be done. I get, I get jealous when I see some of these, these plays where guys are schemed wide open because it, it never feels like it looks that easy for this offense. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't since like maybe the beginning of the year. Not even then really. They were I hitting mean, deep it shots. Looked, it looked pretty easy against the Rams. I'll say that, but well, it's, that team is horrible in, in retrospect. Exactly. Exactly. So I'd love an offensive coordinator that was just like a, you know, a, a genius like that. I don't know. I mean, Ken Dorsey's only been calling plays for a year. You know, maybe he, what about Frank Reich? I would love Frank Reich too, but I don't know if that's like a Kyle Shanahan level, but I don't think anyone is. I don't think anybody's is. on Kyle Shanahan's level. Yeah. So I don't uh, understand though, because as a coordinator, I don't, I don't get it because us fans can watch a football game from any other team. I can watch if I'm coaching basketball for Chicktawaga, I can watch Maryland and I can take their entire offensive playbook uh, and run it if I want. And if I'm watching film on Mahomes and Burrow and Trevor Lawrence, like we said earlier, how do you not sit there and be like, Oh, Ken Dorsey, that was a cool play. Let me just write that one down really quick. And how do they not get put into a game plan? Because they talk about it a lot. I just, I really need somebody to break it down for me. Like how different is the plays from last season? <laughs> well, how also you got to think about what kind <laughs> of free to reign. Me like I'm 12. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, how can you not put those in your offense? You were with Dorsey for years. They worked together in Carolina. Like, how did you not just take his whole playbook? How, like, what's so different about it this year? I feel like there's definitely a lot more autonomy that he, you know what I mean? And I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's just maybe what crosses my mind is, you know, there might, there has to be a clear, you know, whatever streamline of communication and perhaps, you know, Josh having that, that power, you know what I mean? Doesn't always necessarily bode well for him or maybe the sequencing of plays called beforehand or, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's like, it's all very interesting. And like, obviously for every, you know, Josh McDaniels and, and Charlie Weiss, you know, it, it didn't really matter to someone like Tom Brady, but you're not talking about, you know, fifth year in the league, Tom Brady either. So it's, it's hard to say. I don't know. It's yeah. tough. I just, uh, I don't understand how you can be so different, but come out with numbers that look the same, but look so much harder to do it. It does. Yeah. yeah it's like you, you know, we're, we're complaining about an offense that was in the top five of second, almost their second in yards. Yeah, yeah, like all a lot of those categories, they're at least top five, you know, if not better. Um, but it looks so difficult on the field. It looks like they're grinding out yards. It looks like zero yards, two yards, twenty. It's like zero yards, zero yards, seven. You know, 
It's like you have you have all those negative plays where other teams, you know, probably methodically move the ball a little bit better, but don't get the chunk plays that that Josh does. We had a 20 play drive against the Dolphins, right? And and the Jets. I want to say we had an like 18 play drive against the Jets. And you you did you think we were out of it? I mean, I didn't like what I saw for those first uh, two I drives. Was, I I didn't. I mean, when it was 14-0, it felt pretty hopeless. I mean, yeah. there was there was some tiny swings of momentum. Yeah, I felt but, like when Josh had that rushing touchdown and we had a chance to double dip, I was like, holy sh**, we score yeah. here. We could be up 21-14 within a couple yeah. minutes into the third quarter. So. But that being said, it's it's just they they strayed away from things that made them good. They were, they've were they been a really good offensively third down team. They've been able to convert third and sevens, third and sixes, third and fives and third and nines but they have a hard time with third and two and you know third and 20 like everybody else but they they didn't convert a lot of third downs and they i didn't like the eye test looked bad on third down it looked like the play calls like give me the play calls give me every third down play call through the whole game let's look at it and say how easy would this have been what could we have done differently where are the sticks? Where's my receivers going? What are the route concepts? Is it close enough for Josh to run? Should we move the pocket? How often do you see the pocket move for him? Really, that they just get blown up. I just it's not creative. And I feel like it's like, you know, what Mahomes still came in and went 10 of 15 for two score two scores on a broken leg yesterday. Well, sprained ankle, but like what do you do? What if Josh had a sprained ankle? What what was he scrambling out of those pockets? <laughs> oh, he no, he's going down, right? And what is what is the adjustment? Pat Mahomes had quick release throws. He didn't have to run. He it's a quick step drop, timing passing, and I don't know. The, the The offense looks like Ken Dorsey knows he has a star, and he puts basic stuff together. And he says, "Go make a play, Josh." And I told my basketball team this today because we have a couple of really good players, and I'm like, we could get into the same trap that this Bills offense got into. It's it could be JJ. You take the ball. You make the guy miss in front of you and you go score a bucket every time like you. And if you don't do it, you go give it to your teammate. That's just as good as you because you two are better than every matchup that you have. You can go get a bucket, but you're not playing within our offense. It's not always easy. It's a lot of stress on you the whole time. And if you miss, if you don't shoot 50 percent and you miss your layups, we're going to lose. So it's a lot of pressure on you. And, and if you don't stay organized and you don't play within your identity and you don't play within your scheme, when you, you rely too much on that one talented player, everything can get clunky. And it seems like that's what I'm watching. It's just like they're just not not coached the way that they need to be. I think it's a little bit of an ego thing, and I think it's uh, they got to change something. And I, don't, I don't know who's going to answer to that question. Yeah. A lot to unpack. We got a whole offseason to unpack it. <laughs> But but uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. We're we're with you guys at least for the next two weeks. We'll decide exactly what we're doing schedule wise after that. We might take a little bit of a break before the draft. We'll update you guys on our upcoming episodes. But uh, we're not done with this one. We still got some stuff left. So let's get a break in here real quick. We'll be right back after this. It's raining. It's raining. I know. It's raining. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. 
You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with a stepped-up same-game parlay. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. You like the shootout game that we're going to see here in the AFC? Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. Is it going to be touchdowns galore, yards galore, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Travis Kelsey? You can parlay them all into one big bet and boost your odds. So make sure that you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code NABP for not another Buffalo podcast. And new customers can bet $5 on these conference championship games and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you use code NABP for not another Buffalo podcast. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. It's time for the weekly Sabres update. All right, Donnie Meatballs, here's the thing. No pressure or anything, but the entire mental well-being of the city of Buffalo is now kind of in your hands. So, This has been your Weekly Sabres Update. So, Brando, you went to the Miller game. How was that? Miller makes the save. We are not. Worthy. They're great. I love him, man. You know, I love Ryan Miller. I got the banner hanging up behind me here. It was great. I did end up finally getting a ticket. Screw StubHub. StubHub's trash. I hope you heard me, StubHub. Um, but anyway, <laughs> this episode that, is I, brought to you by <laughs> not StubHub. They suck. Anyways, the game was really cool. I was in like the eighth row, right in front of the jersey going up, and Miller's speech was great. I had my white slug Miller jersey on, and the Dylan Cousins overtime goal was directly in front of me. So that was really cool. It was nice to see. I was happy to be there. Everybody, I had a great time the whole time, except I was in the subway on the ride home. And these clowns were talking to me and I had a newspaper. They gave out these Ryan Miller commemorative papers. And I took like five of them because I hang them up on my bulletin board to school. And these two guys didn't get them. And I told them, I was like, oh, here, you can have two of mine. I got extras. You know, I was like, I'm a teacher. I take them for school. And they're like getting off the subway and they're like, oh, you know, what are you teaching? I was like, oh, I'm teaching phys ed and health this year. And he's like, oh, you know what they say? Those who can't teach, teach gym. And he walks away. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Like, you're welcome, asshole. Give me the paperback. The people you meet in public transit. (laughs) But I don't know. Did you guys watch the game? Did you guys watch it? The Ryan Miller game? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, ESPN Plus had the ceremony before, which was good. Good. Because I don't have MSG Go on the Roku. They don't have a Roku app. So No, unfortunately. So uh, I was watching on the the laptop there. But uh, yeah. They hit the ball out of the park with the uh, with the banner raising and everything like that, and they've done that recently, which is a uh, you know it's huge for Sabres fans who have watched their franchise get kind of you know neglected 
you know, and, uh, but they've done all this stuff right in the past two, three years. I, I think it's been, it's been really good. So that's good. That's all right, good. Pat. Well, this now rests on your shoulders to cheer us up with some quotes. So, uh, it's time for quotes with Pat. They're things that people said. <laughs> Take me home. Country <laughs> roads. Let's see here. I got, let's, uh, Every year is different. I mean, if you take a look at last year's playoffs, seven of those teams didn't even make the playoffs this year, and the top two seeds finished with losing records. Bill Belichick. No, close, close guess though. Is it? Is this a coach of somebody who had a team that played this weekend? That's too easy of a hint. I mean, that's uh, eight teams. Let's say, let's say this coach had a team with a winning record. Uh, Mike Tomlin. No. Mike McDaniel. Team, team that was in the playoffs. Andy Reid. No. Every year is different. I mean, if you take a look at last year's playoffs, seven of those teams didn't make the playoffs this year. And the top two seeds finished with losing records. Coach of a team who um, took over for a team that did not make the playoffs last year, but did Brian, make the playoffs. Brian Dable. Brian Dable, yeah. Nice. Which I thought that was a good point, man. I mean, you're talking half of the teams didn't even come back to the playoffs in the top That's two a thing, seeds. Though in the NFL, what is it like six teams every year? Yeah, don't and, the and there's always the a worst before. to first. Yeah, you know. Yep, always. It was almost the Ravens this year. They they didn't end up. You know, Cincinnati pulled out the division, but yeah. all right. So, like I said, it wasn't pretty. But this late in the season, these types of games, you just got to find a way to win. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah. Did you watch that? Really? Interview? Yeah. Oh, I was no, going to say, I was I was gonna say I was Shanahan. I was going to guess Brock Purdy, but I know you wouldn't pick him two weeks in a no, row. I know you, you don't know like that's Christian the, McCaffrey, so that's what my go-to. You know that's like a, like, whatever, late 20s man quote right there. Yeah. But, um, all right, let's see. That's I so got this funny. Last, <laughs> <laughs> um, this last one's pretty good. But immediately before this, to his teammate, he says, yeah, I agree. What he said. What he said. Yeah. And then he goes, we got some lifetime opportunities right in front of our hands. So the what the f*** are you going to do? We got some lifetime opportunities right in front of our hands. So what the f*** are you going to do? I like that you have a little bit of a twang in your accent when you're saying that. Uh, so we're going to say Mike McCarthy? No. Zeke? No. Was it a cowboy? Nope. Oh. <laughs> I know it did sound like it would be a cowboy. AJ Brown. Close. Miles Sanders. Nope. Jalen, Jalen Hurts. Hurts. Jalen Hurts. You wouldn't think Jalen Hurts would say that, would you? Yeah. But yeah, Brandon Graham gives like this totally like impassioned speech. <laughs> and then Brandon's like, Jalen, what do you have to say? He's like, I agree. I agree. Just like he said what he said. And then he's like, we got some lifetime opportunities we got right in front of our hands. I was like, oh my God. That's funny. This poor man was put on the spot. Like, you ever have that in class where, like, exactly what you're going to say the kid in front of you says? And then you're just, you're just stumbling. I think it's funny because you hear that on WGR all the time. The caller in front of a caller makes the point. That they called in for and they always say they're like oh you just stole my point with that last call but i'm just gonna say you know i'm gonna say the exact same thing the guy two seconds before me said so everybody listening in traffic gets to hear it all again like, all right. 
was so <sighs> funny. Yep. So, I sat in traffic what, last night. What the fuck you gonna do, Buffalo Bill fans? What the <laughs> fuck you gonna do? <laughs> well, I think this episode has been just as therapeutic as last year's episode after 13 seconds was. I'm not over that yet. Hey, you know, it's like we're in a better shape than we were five years ago, at least. Yeah. And uh, the window's not closed. Because there's less hope now. Was there more hope five there's years ago? There's less hope around. You know what? You know what? Damn it. You know what? Damn it. I don't want to hear it. You know what? I'm just but whatever. Kidding. We might be the, we might be the worst 13 win team in football in the past decade, but we won 13 games. Damn it. So 14, if you count the playoffs. So I don't want to hear it. It's true. That's funny. 14 and four, right? Yep. I mean, you can't complain about that. Anybody who bets is happy as a clam with that record. <sighs> All right, boys. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this one. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at Nutbuff Podcast. Hey, hey, real quick. Thanks to everybody who's checking out my articles. I like interacting with all the comments on everybody's uh, when they comment on what, I, what I'm writing about. And that, that makes me feel like it's worth the time and people read it. And I like that. So appreciate nice. you all. That's awesome. Brandon always does a great job with his articles. So check him out on buffalorumblings.com. If you have Buffalo Rumblings has great editors. We love you. Thank you. That's true. <laughs> also, f- you guys on the subway that gave Brandon. Shit. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> All right. We'll be back on Friday with game picks uh, for the championship games, Brando's bets, all that good stuff. So uh, we'll see you guys then. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. Even though it hurts. Fucking Bills, dude. Just my. No. Do you guys want to go to London next year? Yeah, honestly. I was thinking about that. That'd that be would fun. be fun. Let's do that. I might not come back, dude. Yeah. I stay out I'll there, man. We, we can go teach English out there. Yep. Hello, mate. <laughs> teach English to British people. It's a British people, dude. I feel like, dude, honestly, I feel, I feel like we would... <laughs> Dude, American uh, American men over there. I feel like who knows, man. They probably lose their keys in their wallet too every single day. I don't know. For yeah. us, maybe for you. You get a guitar, man. It's raining. It's raining on Chippewa. It's raining down on Farming Boulevard. It's raining. It's raining It's raining down on Delaware